You are listening to the She Leads Me podcast, episode number 28 with Garrett O'Brien, community leader and candidate for mayor of the city of Bellingham. You're listening to the She Leads Me podcast, where women come together for powerful conversations around life and leadership. Each episode will bring you conversations with incredible women in leadership, tools you need as a badass female pioneer, and spicy topics around business and leadership. I am your host, Heather Simpson. My mission is to educate and empower women in leadership positions, taking them to the next level in their journey and career. Welcome to She Leads Me. Hello, She Leaders. Heather Simpson here. We are very close to wrapping up season one of the podcast. I cannot believe that it has been through season one already. I cannot believe the amount of success and reach that we've had to all of you incredible listeners out there in the world. We are so appreciative to have you as part of our community, whether you are here in the Pacific Northwest with us and join our events regularly, or you tune in from across the world. We are so thankful that you are here and engaging with us and with this community on a regular basis. We couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't be here without you. And it is so thrilling and amazing to be able to log in and see all the little pinpoints on the map as to where you are all coming from. It's a really incredible journey that we've been on in season one. Today's guest is Garrett O'Brien, who is local here to the Bellingham, Washington area and running for the mayor seat. He is looking to be the next mayor for the city of Bellingham. He's actually a fifth generation of families to be here locally in Bellingham, Washington, and graduated from Bellingham High School and returned here after college to start his family and his business. And you'll hear a bit about his story and all in the interview today. He's a school volunteer, youth sports coach, and currently the city of Bellingham planning commissioner. He is committed to creating housing solutions, empowering our youth, and fostering a vibrant community, which all of those things I love, all of those things I'm passionate about. And as I've gotten the chance to know him, as I've gotten the chance to hear more about what he stands for and what he's looking to do in our community, I picked up on some very key things. One of them is that he's a really incredible leader. And I'm not saying that because he's looking to be the mayor of our city. I'm saying that because I I actually picked up on that. You will notice that we we don't have any political tones here to our show. This is not this episode is not a political show whatsoever. I could tell that he was about being real, being authentic and That's what we're bringing you today. We're bringing you an organic conversation about what community leadership should look like. I was really excited to have this conversation with him and to bring you guys along for the ride because you will hear in this interview so many things that we can apply to our lives and our own communities without having to run for mayor, without having to be local here to the Pacific Northwest. There are so many incredible takeaways to who he is and how he lives his life and how he chooses to step into leadership that are so key and important and such great value for us today. So I'm really thrilled to bring you in on this conversation with Garrett O'Brien.
Hello, Garrett. Thank you so much for being a guest on the She Leads Me podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. I am very much looking forward to today's interview and excited to share with our audience why you are here on our show. But why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, well, I'm Garrett O'Brien. I'm I'm serving my eighth year on the Bellingham Planning Commission, and now I'm really excited to be running for Bellingham Mayor. I'm a, a born and raised Bellingham resident. My my daughters, I got three daughters here with my wife Brittany, and they're sixth generation Bellingham kiddos. So it's pretty cool to be uh, running for an office in your hometown. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, and I've owned a I own a home building and uh, real estate development company. And we mostly build residential housing in, in the city limits. Excellent. So how did you get, t- tell us a little bit about like where you came from. So you, you grew up in Bellingham, but then what happened after that? What took you to the place where you're at now? Yeah, well, I had the, in high school, I'd, I started working in the construction industry when I was 15. And, and I was a wrestler in high school. And I got an opportunity to go wrestle in college, which uh, was a big deal for me at the time, and, and I, I went over to Central Washington University, and um, they had a construction management program, which just really tied in nicely to the work experience that I had. And I like hard work. Uh, I like the challenge of the industry, and so I, I got my degree in construction management. And that's where I met my wife, Brittany. We met our senior year, right before we uh, graduated, and I kind of convinced her to come back to Bellingham and, and give things a try here and uh, it worked out great it was funny because we were we went to Spokane um, last weekend and I got an invitation from the mayor of Spokane and we took highway 20 driving over but we took 90 back and we stopped in Ellensburg which is you know of course where we met and we had right. it was pretty cool because though here we are 15 years later we're driving home from Ellensburg just like we did the right when we graduated from college and <laughs> I look over, I got, you know, the same woman in the truck with me and, you know, she was my girlfriend at the time and now we're married 15 years. We got three kids and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Very full circle. I love that. (laughs) And Brittany, she has had some great successes too, right? Like, so you've been also side by side with a pretty, you know, butt kicking partner. She had her own business here in Whatcom County and she's had her own accomplishments as well along the way, right alongside you, right? Oh yeah, Brittany's amazing. She's, um, she had her store, Spruce Stationery in design downtown um, on Cornwall. She ran that store for six years and recently just took a new adventure to go work with uh, uh, opening a startup company called Makeworth Market. And they have a really beautiful uh, storefront on uh, State Street and they do, you know, coffee, beer, wine and mercantile and it's an event space. It's really classy. So that's a new adventure for her. But you no, know, Brittany's incredibly talented. Uh, she has a, a very, um, she's very artistic. She has a, a degree in graphic design and um, no, she's, she's been great. And uh, we bounce ideas off each other. We're definitely a team for sure. Yeah. 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 A good person to have part of the team into this evolution of what you're looking to do. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about this, the transition and the switch from what you've known and done into wanting to get into the political world. Yeah, it's been, it's been really an interesting transition because I've always, 
I've always just envisioned less about politics and more about public service. And I, mm-hmm. I've been serving on the planning commission for eight years. I've seen this change in our housing market that has been really dramatic over the last eight years. And I've seen the cost of housing just rise to a point where so many people are struggling to just make it work here in Bellingham. And our, our jobs haven't really kept up. And I and I've, I just go, gosh, you know, there's we can have better policies. We could have better implementation of of creating housing and opportunity. So I I feel really fortunate that like in this election cycle, from what I hear, many, many people are concerned about the availability and the cost of housing. And I I just I feel kind of lucky that I have the experience that I do as a as a builder and, and a planning and that we have some really great ideas on how we could help solve this problem. And so that that really just kind of what drove me to to want to participate. And then it's really about thinking about what's going to be available for our kids, you know, like our oldest daughter's in high school now, and then we have two in middle school. And, you know, I want to make sure that there's opportunities for them to stay in Whatcom County or stay in Bellingham and, and work here. And, you know, if they choose to have a family and that'd be wonderful. Right. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't want them to have to leave. I don't want them to have to leave to find a better job market opportunity or housing that they can afford so there's a little bit of a kind of a selfish you know desire there to keep my (laughs) family close right yeah absolutely and definitely a need for it so was there a certain like moment that you realized that okay we're did something happen that you were like okay we're going all in like this is the time we're doing this now or what how did that kind of transition for you into like, okay, we're going from, this is an idea to we're, we're doing it. We're running this campaign and we're running for mayor. Yeah. I think it was kind of like beginning of this year, I had finished a a larger project. Um, You know, we had did a really beautiful apartment building here downtown and um, I put a lot of energy through the company into getting that built. And it's a really kind of a state of the art building. It's got solar panels on the roof and high efficiency appliances from Germany. And I was just really proud of the building. And I was looking at launching into another project, um, a bigger project or stay on a little smaller scale. And it was just kind of one of those opportunities where I said, I really would like to, I'd like to run for mayor. It's always been something I've, I've thought about like public service running for mayor. Um, it's just, to be honest, it's kind of a dream job. I mean, I just, it's, like even campaigning is like so much fun. I, I just love it. I really do. I, I absolutely love everything about it. The idea of going to work every day and just trying to help our community be a better place is fascinating to me and I'm thrilled about it. So I thought, okay, I'll do it now while I'm still young enough and I have the energy to really give my whole heart to this thing. And um, it just felt like the timing was right. Yeah, that's awesome. So the campaigning process, how did you how did you guys go about like putting that together as somebody that's not you're not necessarily coming from another position or or having experience in campaigning? How's that process been for you? How did you guys prepare for that? What's that all been like? Oh, it's it's the learning curve is so steep. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like I when we first started, you know, the campaign, we had a like the we the we filed that that same week we had a our water heater in our basement exploded and flooded oh. the whole basement. So it was like, and that, and that I have an office down there that we use. So I'm I'm in there renovating the office and I got my daughter, my oldest daughter, helping me and she's 
she's sitting on a paint bucket and we're printing out things online like how to build a campaign committee and what your core team should look like and you know how much you could expect to fundraise and so I'm like painting the new drywall in the basement and Nyla's reading me all these tips off off <laughs> the internet and that's kind of how we started it was pretty uh I guess that's pretty organic but we wanted to do our campaign a little bit differently and that's why we're running as independents and so we're not we're not accepting any donations from political parties or any endorsements from political parties um, or political action committee type things we thought well i still believe that bellingham's a community where we can have an authentic grassroots campaign and we just work hard and it's it's really starting to pay off i mean we've we've got some great endorsements we got endorsed by the bellingham police guild by the uh, whatcom county firefighters union and over 50 individuals and businesses you know throughout the city and the donations are coming in a little bit at a time and we're we're doing we're holding our own on the fundraising and people just get excited about hard work and talking about just community issues there's nothing political that we're talking about we're, we're not really politically minded we're just talking about things that affect our community housing creating jobs creating opportunity for our young people fostering a vibrancy in our community and just doing the work i mean we're everywhere we're, we're going to spokane we're going to vancouver we're going to different expos and technology expos and just working doing the work Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's been really refreshing for our community to be able to uh, hear that and see that of you and be able to, I see that you guys have events popping up all over the place where you just get to go like have coffee with you or just sit and chat. And I'm sure that's been really refreshing from our community. Oh, that's, that's been the best for me. I mean, the two things that I enjoy most about the campaign um, are the small events that we do and doorbelling and I love doorbelling. I love going to where people live <laughs> and just 90, 99% of the people are just super welcoming and gracious and, and happy that you've t taken the time to come hear what they want to say. And um, I've been taking my daughters with me when we go and it's been really cool. We, we got off to a rocky start. The, I, I took my middle daughter, um, doorbelling and the first door we knocked on the guy kind of slammed the door in our face kind of oh, no. out of here yeah and i looked over at her and her face was just white and i was like hey buddy it's not that's not normal and so the next you know the next door we went to um they were just super welcoming and it just got better from there but that, most people are just excited that you want to you want to reach out to the community and find out what's important engage and connect with people it's super fun yeah absolutely so you have your basis and your foundation of like the different topics and things that are super important to you that are close to the heart that you've seen in your individual journey and in your community how then when you hear of all these different needs from all of these different people how do you go about kind of i guess prioritizing which ones you would accomplish first or how do you kind of navigate those conversations? I'm sure there's a broad range of feedback from the, the community that we have as far as things that they feel like that we need. How do you handle yeah. that? Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it, it really is amazing. Um, the breadth of conversation and topics that get discussed throughout a campaign. One of, one of the things that 
that we that I try to do is just uh, listen and then find out how we can take that and be effective locally and then put it into a context about what a mayor actually does and what the role of a mayor is you know the 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 mayor's job is an administrative position so it's not not so much on the policy making side of things but on the implementation of policy and sort of executive leadership in the city so running our departments you know we've got our department heads or direct reports to the mayor and uh, and running an efficient city business and that so when we take it back and we kind of put it in the context about what the mayor does people people um we're able to kind of focus the conversation a little bit more and prioritize. So like our housing innovation project is a big priority uh, for, would be for my administration. And that's something that we actually can do. You know, we work, the planning and community development director is a direct report to the mayor. And we would be working together to go out and sell that vision to the community and work with our community partners to get the zoning in place that's going to allow the housing to be built that's going to be affordable and meet the needs for people and so that's a project that is very tangible yes we can do this and that's been sort of our strategy is to take the big kind of global thinking and all these big issues and boil them down to tangible local achievable goals that we can do that's great and probably also provides a lot of opportunity for the community members to actually understand how they can get involved and how they can also participate in the things that are important to them and have them step up into a little bit more leadership in their own community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people are really concerned uh, and rightfully so about, you know, climate change and, you know, and how, how dramatic of a change this is going to be over the next, you know, 10, 15 years. And, you know, people feel disempowered, like, what can I do? And, and so, you know, this, we let them know, you know, the city has fantastic um, energy conservation programs that are available to people in partnership with our utility with PSE. And so uh, part of the campaign is just disseminating that information and letting people know what resources are available to them. And they can conserve energy and there are incentive based programs that can help them, you know, upgrade the insulation in their house or change out their lighting to LED lights. And there's a lot of really cool programs that people just, a lot of people just don't know about. Right. Which is so great because that's a lot of what leadership is, right? As, as somebody in myself in my position and when I walk around and talk about leadership to the various groups that we have, it's not about holding the power. It's not about any of that, about like who is Heather Simpson? Who is Garrett O'Brien? Who are them and their individual roles? It's like, here are the resources that you can tap into so you can be empowered to make some effective change for yourself. And it's about educating people. And I love that that's the approach that you're taking on this leadership journey. And I don't know if, if other people are picking up on that in this conversation. So I just really wanted to point it out because that is such an amazing quality of leaders that we just do not see a lot of. It's about them and themselves and pushing their agenda. And you're actually providing our community with information and empowering them to go help themselves out in addition to the work that you guys are setting out to do. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you. Yeah, we don't, um, we have incredible talented people in Birmingham and like we just got to help be supportive and help them achieve the things that they want to achieve I mean all the talent all the right ingredients are here to do great things I really think you know if, if the city of Birmingham had a clear mission and, and it, what my mission would be is to create a city of opportunity 
when people have a dream, they have a vision, and the city helps them get there, and that we don't get in the way, that we say, say yes to great ideas when they're presented to us, that we put incentives in place that'll help people start a business. I mean, the, the real, the engine of growth, of economic vitality comes from people wanting to better themselves. And if we can be in a position to help with that, then that's where we're going to be the most effective. Amazing. So amazing. Talk to us a little bit more about one of the pillars that we see here in the the topics that you're discussing, which is empower our youth. You touched on it a little bit as far as like the housing and the future of our youth. Talk a little bit more about what you're looking to do um, with the youth of our community. As a mom of three young children, I'm very interested in this topic. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your plans. Me too. You know, like, we, I want to just make sure that kids have access to mentorship opportunities. You know, they talk about having that five point of contact for mentorship and a kid gets influenced in so many different ways by different people in the community we need to make sure that we stay connected to that and support programs that are here that are doing the great work you know like the boys and girls club is a great example uh, they touch so many lives and, and empower and mentor kids uh, they provide after school programs that are just phenomenal and one of the challenges that they have is getting people you know transportation to get to the club for their after school activities so most of the kids that go there are from Roosevelt or Sunnyland because they're in walkable distance. And, you know, the school district used to help with some transportation and, and they aren't able to do that anymore. So those are the sort of things that when I hear about gaps like that, where they can serve more kids, but they just need transportation, I want to try to help. And um, I had heard from the executive director there that they were having trouble with that. And so um, I had a meeting with the Walk and Transit Authority, and I talked to the general manager there and said, hey, is it okay if I connect you with the Boys and Girls Club, and maybe we can find some transportation solutions? And they were excited about the opportunity to try to help with that. And I think that's just part of letting the community know, like, when we have needs for our kids, if we let people know, they're going to help solve those problems. I mean, there's there's churches that have, um, you know, buses that can help transport kids. We can have a volunteer program. So just making sure that kids have access to mentorship and that people feel empowered to be able to do that. One of the programs that I'd like to initiate is the Mayor's Mentorship Program. And I'd like the city to sponsor that so that we can get people in the community connected with kids um, outside of school to help with homework or you know, sort of like big sister, big brothers, where we used to have people just providing mentorship. We don't have that program anymore. So I want to start something like that so that we're making sure that people in the community who want to help young people, we have a, a mechanism to facilitate that. And I personally just had such great experiences from that. You know, I was a youth wrestling coach for uh, many years mm. and I got to connect connect with kids like teaching them the lessons that I learned through the sport of wrestling about accountability, goal setting, hard work, and just, you know, being tough. And I love it. And I, I volunteer at uh, Shuxa Middle School. I do an after-school homework tutor program there. And that's been extremely powerful for me just to connect and, and just stay in touch with kids. Yeah. Oh, so incredible. Lo I love all of this. All of this is so needed. It's just building up the our future community and not just here in Bellingham, right? But for those of us that are listening from other locations, like 
this is stuff that you guys can implement anywhere, right? These are things that are needed worldwide. And I think that also in the day and age of, you know, people talking about our next generation and, and really kind of being pretty harsh on them with the usage of technology and all of the different things that are, that are in just the evolution of life and the world, right? Of like all of these resources that they're able to tap into. I think that there has felt probably one of the biggest disconnects between generations. And I love that this is tapping back into just all hands on deck. Like we're all here to support each other and just be a really great community for youth and adults alike. It's just, it's, it's amazing what the vision and the mission is for what you want to do. Yeah, we have, and we have great things going on in our community too. Like, you know, a lot of people don't know, but up at Western Washington University, they have an entrepreneurship and innovation minor. It's a six-quarter minor up there, where they really just help kids uh, and students create ideas about businesses that they want to start, or really any kind of entrepreneurship vision that they have. And then they have this um, community coaching program where they'll invite people from the community and to kind of like a shark tank where the kids pitch their ideas and then the community members sort of ask them questions and help them sort of develop their ideas further and their business plan further. And I got invited to go up and do that. It was so cool. But one of the things that the instructors, the professors up there tell you is they remind you like, okay, you've been in your business now for 15, 20 years. You know, you have a life experience that um, is different than, than what the young people have. Remember that we're here to encourage ideas, give constructive criticisms, but not beat down any kind of ideas. You know, yes. we want to leave space for them to, to be creative and to think big. We need them to think big to help solve some of these challenges that we have. And so it's, it's cool to remember that too. Like we got to keep, you know, we got to be open to new ideas and let young people contribute because they're going to be the ones that, help us in the future. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So to wrap up, I'd like to ask you a couple of different questions that I like to ask all of our guests. And especially for you, I would think that this next question, I'm excited to hear kind of uh, what you tap into. So my question for you is, is what books or resources have you had to tap into, especially during this time of growth and of evolution for yourself? that have been helpful to you and the leadership journey that you're on? Well, I, I like, I love to read. I spend every morning, uh, usually I try to get an hour to, you know, an hour and a half if I can early in the morning reading. And one of the things that I've had to do during this campaign is remember to read like books for pleasure and not just, you know, yes. like so much content. You got to check out this uh, article on homelessness or, you kind of read this report on incarceration rates in the United States and like a lot of very, um, you know, relevant but heavy stuff. And so um, I just finished, uh, I'm looking at a book, I just finished it in my office right now. So I, I just finished uh, Ernest Hemingway for Whom the Bell Tolls, mm. which is you know, a beautiful story. And I really enjoyed uh, reading that. And um, I read biographies, you know, some of my, uh, I just, not too long ago, finished a biography uh, that David McCullough wrote on Teddy Roosevelt called Morning on Horseback. And it's really just an incredible story of sort of a, a, a way of life, you know, when uh, Roosevelt was out on a cattle ranching in the American West and uh, just really cool stuff. So 
I enjoy biographies and, and reading things, you know, for pleasure. That's great. It provides then some great balance, like you were saying, instead of the, the pull and the need to read all of the other stuff that comes with, especially the job that you're doing, um, to balance that out a little bit. And yeah, enjoy, enjoy the thing that you already love to do. Yeah. <laughs> so in your journey, the biggest thing that I hear in this campaign for you is that you guys have built a campaign that has enabled you to just stand very authentically in what your mission and your vision is. So what would be your three tips of advice that you would give our listeners for those that really want to stand authentically in their leadership? Yeah, I've, you know, I think about leadership a lot. And, you know, for me, I, I don't know that there's like a, a one thing that, you know, leaders do. I think each person needs to find their own, their own way. For, for me, it's just being authentic and, and what you want to achieve and why, and really reflecting on the reasons why you're engaging in the activities that you're doing, whatever they are, is, and creating the values that are needed to be successful. Like when I first started my business, I, I was very goal-oriented about, okay, here's what I want to accomplish by, within the first year. And, and a lot of those kind of goal-setting came from what I learned in athletics and, and wrestling. And, what I realized, though, is that there's so many things outside of your control that setting rigid goals can be, it could almost be defeating if, if you don't meet a goal, then you didn't, you know, then you failed in some respect, you know. So what I started doing was setting goals for values, like what, what values do I need to have if I want to be successful in business? Well, I need to treat people fairly. I need to... You know, value people's work, which means I need to pay my bills early, as early as I can, and get people paid so that they feel good. I need to be appreciative of other people's work. I need to be fair. Um, I need to work hard. I mean, you know, I need to get up early and go to work with a good attitude. I got. I have to be the one who, who's positive. So I just started like literally writing out the values that are needed to achieve the things that I want to achieve. And I, I did this with, you know, being a father too. Like if I want to be a good father, then, you know, to my daughter, was like, I have to be a good listener. And when I started doing that, it feels much more empowering because you can always work on your values every day. You can always work to improve on developing those characteristics and those values. And you can really over time, like revolutionize who you are as a person. And then, the sort of the tangible effects of that, like the material things just fall into place. Like that's the easy part. Like you will be a successful business owner if you have the values that enable you to be successful. It becomes easy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So great. I've never heard of that spin before. I love that where you're taking the, the values as goals. I love that setting those values as goals. This has been a really amazing conversation. I am so excited for our listeners to take all of this away. How can they connect with you from here? I know you guys have very active social campaign stuff going on where we can follow you along. Tell us what those handles are and how people can help get to know you and help support you. Yeah, thanks. I, um, first, just go to the website, which is obrienformarriage.org. And you can learn about our platforms there. And we have direct links to connect to social media. 
if you go to O'BrienPremier.org, um, then you can get on the Instagram and Facebook, and that would be super helpful. You know, we, we try to do as many updates as we can to kind of keep people abreast of what's going on in the campaign, and, and that's a great way to follow And It's sure helpful for us when we have people that are engaging, and, and we actually – uh, I've been really surprised. Like we have a lot of people engaging, which is really cool. I think people are kind of excited about some different ideas and what the future of Millennium holds. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a great pleasure, and we look forward to seeing how this all unfolds for you. Thanks, Helen. Thanks for the great conversation. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the She Leads Me podcast. If you enjoyed the show, would you please do us a favor? Would you mind heading on over to iTunes and leaving us a five-star review? It greatly helps us reach other women just like you who are looking to tap into information just like this. Thank you. We really appreciate it.